this is going to be a great podcast. I'm excited for this one. You know, for our well-being and uh, our wellness, we talk about four different aspects, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And today's podcast is going to be talking about religion and spirituality. So I'm excited to share with everybody some of the things that uh, we have to share about religion and spirituality. And uh, we're going to have a good time talking about this. You ready to do this, Isaac? Let's do it. Hello, welcome to Real Talk with Father and Son. It's your hosts, Isaac Ketchatorian, the millennial. And this is the father of Sri Ketchatorian, Generation X, best generation there is. Hey, hey, I don't know about that. But what I do know is that we're going to be having genuine conversations about tough topics from both of our generations. Let's get this going. So U.S. church membership falls below majority for the first time. This is a Gallup poll back in March of 2021, just a couple years ago about. And it's interesting, Isaac, it talks about the decline in membership in the generational differences. So I want to share some quick statistics from this Gallup poll. So it says that church membership is strongly correlated with age as 66% of traditionalists, these are people born before 1946, actually belong to a church. So think about that. 66% of people born before 1946 belong to a church, compared with 58% of baby boomers. These are people that are born between 1946 and 64. In my generation, Generation X, only 50% claim to belong to some church or some sort of religious affiliation. Now, Isaac, this is the alarming statistic. Only 36% of millennials claim that they belong to a church. So what is going on with you millennials not going to church? Do you have anything to say about that? Sure, 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 sure. I've got a lot of thoughts. I don't know if we have enough time to discuss it all <laughs> in our... Be, this could be a two-part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this might need to be a, a two-part. Um, yeah, that's that's a big question there, Pops. I think that there are many reasons, and you know, I don't want to speak for all millennials, but apparently I'm speaking maybe potentially for majority of them. Um, and with my personal experience, that's really what I can speak to. I think it comes down to three main factors, I guess, personally for me or, or many other millennials as to why we don't necessarily, you know, really align or participate in a very specific religion. Um, the first one is access to information. I think in the digital age, you know, millennials especially just have a lot of access to a lot of information when it comes to history or research, um, you know, a lot of different things that maybe were not really prevalent during the generations of the past. And so because we have so much access to a lot of good, bad information, as well as just the ability to expand our knowledge religiously, I think it makes it tough to really be a part of one particular religion when we have the ability to educate ourselves on many sort of types of belief systems or different ideologies. Um, and then that kind of really brings me to the second point of outdated ideas that have been perpetuated throughout history. Um, you know, some big topics that I think a lot of really um, traditional religions, you know, don't necessarily believe that a lot of millennials are on board with is, you know, homosexuality, equal rights when it comes to things like this, uh, you know, equality in racial differences. Um, 
or you know patriarchy is is a big thing for a lot of religions um and really again equality with women and men um a lot of these sort of hot button topics or or different things that millennials really stand by you know um either promoting or you know removing uh and and really fighting against i think are still practiced in a lot of these really um staunch religions today and then i would say you know just the confining nature of beliefs within religion because we do have access to so much information, because we do maybe have mixed beliefs, it can be challenging to be a part of one religion or one institution that really tells you and dictates how you practice your belief system, what you should believe. Um, and that can be hard for myself and a lot of others when, again, maybe we have opposing viewpoints to these churches or religions or we feel like we should have the ability to practice um, in other ways than maybe what those sort of religions are telling us we need to do and not do. Yeah, that's some good insight, Isaac. <clears throat> I appreciate you sharing that information. Uh, again, as Isaac alluded, you know, we don't speak for the entire generations that we belong to. Um, Isaac's generation were born between 1981 to 1996, just for reference. Um, but, and even my generation, I mean, obviously, obviously it said 50% based on this Gallup poll claim that we belong to a church and the other half does not. So I'm of the half that does belong to a church personally. Um, and I think it's interesting that when we look at the age brackets for the church that I belong to, um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the leadership are traditionalists. They're all before, born before 1946. And that's the largest group that claim to belong to a church, 66%. Whereas in contrast, the younger age, uh, the millennials are down 36%, quite a big contrast. And I think, so just to give you a little bit of background for myself, I mean, I never really belonged to a church as a kid growing up. So my parents were very diverse in their religious, religious background. My mom is Buddhist, being from Thailand. My dad is Armenian, and so he's got an Armenian Catholic Christian background, if you will. But we never really participated in any formal religious activity uh, as, a, as kids. Um, and I really didn't get introduced to formal religion until I was 18, where I actually joined the church at that time and converted. And I used, you know, I, I joined the church mainly to gain spirituality, but the religion provided that spirituality for me at the time, at, at, the, at that age. And the principles that I learned in that formal religion I was very, uh, it, was, it, it struck a chord with me, it struck my heart, and I knew that when I got married and was going to have children in the future, I wanted my family to be a part of this religious institution because of all the things that I felt and uh, good about and the principles that I was learning was going to help me in life and ultimately was giving me happiness and joy. And I learned a lot of great things, so I wanted this for my family. So as you know, we have four kids, Isaac being number three in the in the in the order of the kids, um, all were part of this religion. But as time has gone by, um, you know, we've seen a lot of people, friends of ours and things of that nature that have dropped into this 50% of not belonging to a church and then the millennials only 36% belong to a church. So I think, you know, it's interesting as I talk to friends and other family members that have left former religion to some of the same things that Isaac has alluded to with the millennial generation is because they just feel like spirituality has a different viewpoint than being in a former religious church. So Isaac, going back to the question, uh, to a question I want to ask you as a millennial, do you think that 
what do you what are yours what is your perspective between having a formal religion and spirituality yeah i think that's a really great question and i think that that's a key difference in maybe some of the older generations and the younger generations you know i think that it's interesting our journeys have kind of reversed right like you didn't really have any sort of form of spirituality or like a strict practices or things that you did to really enhance your spirituality. And like you mentioned in the beginning, that's a key aspect of wellness. So I think once you found a way to really help with your spirituality, you really clung to that. Um, whereas, you know, me, I had a specific religion that you taught me growing up for many years. But then I realized that I wanted to sort of maybe expand some of my ideas outside of that religion. And so for me, what I've learned, uh, and I think that, again, you know, I hope I'm not misspeaking here, but I think that a lot of older generations feel like the best way to practice spirituality is through the means of a religious institution, which is not a bad thing, you know, and I don't want people to get me wrong here. I have absolutely nothing against religion. I think religion can definitely be a good thing for all of the things that you've mentioned and things that we'll probably get further into in this conversation. But to answer your initial question, when it comes to spirituality, the way that I define spirituality is I think it's so personal and individual. Um, and I don't believe that somebody has to be confined or believe in or practice a specific religion to be a spiritual person or to practice spirituality. So Isaac, so let me just make sure I understand you clearly. So you feel your generation, the millennial generation, doesn't need a former religion to gain spirituality, whereas you, as in contrast, our generation or even older generation than me even, needs religion as part of, or to belong to a church of some sort to basically gain spirituality. Is that correct? Uh, essentially, yes. Uh, it's my opinion. <laughs> Again, I don't want to speak in absolutes for all of each side of each generation. And I wouldn't even say need. I would just say typically the older generations align with, yes, that philosophy and the younger generations align with the philosophy of not needing it. Yeah, I think that's interesting because I think, you know, looking at this Gallup poll and just kind of talking to different people, even of different you know, religions, um, not just Christianity, but, you know, Islam, Muslim, um, Hinduism, you know, and uh, things of that nature. I think the uh, the membership of activity has gone down a little bit in, in all religious aspects, uh, specifically with COVID and things of that nature when we couldn't attend. And, and I think, you know, Orthodox Christianity, you know, um, and different, you know, sections of that that religion have definitely had such a decline. And I think because it's a mindset of the inbox theory, it's like, you know, they have a container where, you know, you go to church, you participate, you, you know, do certain things to kind of get to the next level. Um, and I think, you know, your generation doesn't feel like that's necessary to gain spirituality, which I think is, interesting to see the transition and i can understand that perspective and i think for me where half of us do still feel like we belong to a church in my generation the ones that hold on to it feel like there is definitely a connection i mean for me speaking for myself specifically you know i feel like the church is a second family to me and i've been in in the church for so long since i was 18 so it's been like what 
36 years or something like that. And I think, uh, you know, I feel such a connection to the people. Um, I mean, even, you know, not to sound preachy, the doctrine talks about loving thy neighbor as thyself. I think for me to be able to practice that doctrine and because I feel that's a part of me, I, I have to have, those are my neighbors, you know, those are my closest neighbors. Of course, my family is my closest, but then my church community is second, and then the general community is next as far as the pecking order of, of what I call my neighbors. And I think um, the church continues to teach and remind me of how I can best love my neighbors. So I think for me personally, I still feel connected to that because it helps me continue to gain spirituality. However, given that said, as the years have gone by, I realize that spirituality can come in other forms. I specifically have learned just enjoying nature, being, you know, being able to be still and just meditate, um, you know, things like yoga. I mean, those are all, for me, things I've just started doing in the last recent years. And it's helped me gain uh, a, a, an advanced level of spirituality um, that I did not have uh, by going to a formal religious institution. So I think we continue to evolve. We continue to, to spiritually develop um, with things. And I don't think the formal religion has um, taught me those things, but maybe it did and um, in some way, but it just don't feel like it is entirely necessary to kind of develop uh, for everybody. Yeah, there's no doubt that religion provides an excellent framework, right, to to live a, a spiritually centered life. Um, there's a lot of things that you mentioned there, especially like the community aspect. Obviously, I attribute a lot of my best friendships and relationships even to this day and, and am grateful for my religious upbringing in providing those relationships for me, fostering those relationships of people, mentors, friends, right? Other family members, just that a lot of people that I look up to are thanks to the religious community that I grew up in. Um, and it will always definitely be a, a big, significant, you know, part of me. Uh, I think that, again, to to your point um, in, in what religion has done for you. You know, I was having a conversation with a buddy years ago um, and he was leaving, you know, the church that we both were a part of. And he basically, at the time I was still going to church and he basically shared with me, you know, I don't need church to be a good person. I'm a good person on my own and I can choose to be a good neighbor. I can choose to love others and, um, you know, religion or practicing this religion doesn't define that for me. And that was that was like, I, I basically told him in that moment, it's like, I totally agree. I think that that's very true. Um, while I think religion can help foster those sort of mentalities and keep it at the forefront of your mind and help you get in a routine and be around like-minded people that believe the same thing, it's true that oftentimes, you know, if you want to serve people and if that's the way of your heart and you want to be a good person and practice, you know, uh, just healthy belief systems, uh, those don't necessarily have to be within the walls 
of a church, but like you mentioned, they can be practiced in other forms. And I think that that's really the mentality that a lot of um, my generation, including myself, have adopted is, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to define us. And while religion, like I said, can provide such a great framework, uh, we have the ability to take that accountability and, and kind of really foster those mentalities and just be that as a person without necessarily being told to do it. And in some ways, it's more empowering to realize, hey, I'm choosing to do this because I want to do it and I want to be this type of person because being a good person is just at the core of who I am, not necessarily because somebody preached to me on Sunday that I need to do it. Yeah, and, and I look at you as a person, Isaac, and I think, you know, as they say, there's people that live by the letter of the law and people that live by the spirit of the law. And I think, you know, you're living by the spirit of the law and what you're doing. And uh, and I think it's, I think people that live that level of spirituality don't need uh, a guidebook or a rule book to live by to live uh, a higher level of spirituality. So I, I sense that in you as was with your siblings and with your mom. So I learn a lot from, from you guys from that perspective. But I also think that, in my opinion, you can tell me what you think. I think the Internet has been the thorn in the side of our church and I think in other churches because it's, we're in the information age. And I think when people start to realize some of the information that's out there, a lot of it's historical, a lot of, a lot of it's just some, some things that they didn't realize about the organization of the church or the history of the church or the history of their, their place of worship and they get frustrated because they don't like what's happening with um, some of those historical perspectives or financial perspectives or racial perspectives or not being supportive of the LGBTQ community, as you mentioned earlier, and some of the negativity that comes around that. Do you think that has been a big influencer for a lot of millennials not being a participant uh, of a, a religious entity. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier with my you know first two points, right? The access to information and a lot of those outdated ideas that you know somebody can't or or do a lot of these things uh, and and essentially go to heaven or be in heaven is one of the main factors that yes, I do believe contributes to that. Um, but I do think it goes beyond that, right? I think. All of those sort of uh, things aside, there still is a core difference, like I mentioned, in just the actual practices and confining beliefs. Uh, I think millennials just don't feel like they fit in. They don't feel like they belong in these religious institutions because their belief systems are so different than what's continually being preached that there's just not necessarily space for them in this arena. And so, you know, one piece you talked about is the community, right? And you got to think if a millennial is going and they have completely different belief systems and the things that are being preached every day don't align with the individual beliefs of somebody that's going, then that's not a community that they want to be going to every Sunday or be a part of because community is for to build commonality, right? To To build mutual understanding. But if there's always friction in that understanding then it's no longer a safe space or a community that that person wants to be around. And so 
I think a lot of millennials seek community elsewhere, outside of the religious institutions, uh, and they seek it in places that they do feel like they're accepted, that they do feel like they are belonged, or that their friends are belonged that are different, right? Or their friends that, you know, don't look or act or feel like, uh, you know, the typical religious person that you would see, um, you know, going to church every Sunday. Yeah, that's 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 pretty insightful. I think uh, community is obviously a big part of any religious institution. And if you don't feel a part of it, I can see why a lot of people don't want to be a part of it. And um, <clears throat> I think I think I got a good question for you, Isaac. So obviously you're married, but you don't have any children. So do you feel like millennials that maybe more single or maybe just married without children are more apt not to be involved in a formal religion? But what if you, my question is, if you had children of your own, would your perspective change, you think? Would you want to help build some principles through a church organization for your children to help guide them like you were, like when we took you to church and things of that nature? And do you feel that would be valuable? And would you feel like a sense of community with children of your own? Um, or do you feel like that wouldn't be necessary for, for them to have that community and that sense of belonging? Yeah, I think the core set of my beliefs and, and what I would want to teach my children would be taught within the home, first and foremost. And it's interesting, like the church that, you know, the LDS church that you participate in, always teaches it starts in the home first, right? And like the church is additional or secondary to what's taught in the home. And so I, I, I adopt that philosophy for sure. I think that what's most important is taught in the home. So to answer that question, I don't think it is going to change. And I think that it is going to, there's going to be an interesting shift, right? Because a lot of families now are still kind of clinging to the parents' ideals. But when millennials become parents and Gen Z become parents, I think there's only going to be a mass exodus of people attending religious institutions because of the fact that we don't feel we need that for our children. Again, the things that I believe in and the values that I want to instill in my children um, will be instilled in them in the home first and foremost, but also in our associations with the friends that we choose, the people in the community that we surround ourselves with. Um, and like I said, there's there's additional community outside of a church community. I think a church community is one form of a community, but it's not the end all be all in the entire community that you know you your kids are surrounded by. So I think if you surround yourself around good people and people that align with your values and you instill those things in your children, those will still be taught to them. They'll still learn those things. Um, and I personally believe that even when I have children, um, that's kind of how I'm going to approach teaching them. And I think about all of the people in the world today, like there are so many incredible, just genuinely good human beings that never grew up religious. And it's interesting you asked me this question because you are one of them. <laughs> You're somebody who grew up without religious parents and you didn't believe in anything and yeah, the latter half of your life, right, you you definitely fell into the LES church and you believe, but the thing is, at your core, you already believed these things and were just a genuinely good person and grew up with good values without growing up in a religion. So it's interesting that you'd ask me that question when you're a child and a recipient 
of non-religious parents and you turned out pretty good i think yeah i guess but it was a growth perspective right so i was in the dark got into the light and i'm starting to gain more light so i'm wondering if you're like you saw the light and now you're stepping into the dark so my question is like is that is that happening is that going to happen to the next generation and that's the fear that i have is you know your generation that are currently you know being here and if 36 percent you know and I look at the future of religious institutions in general. Is there going to be? A, is it going to be? Are they going to be gone, or are they going to? Or is it going to have to be a shift? And in my opinion, opinion, there's going to have to be a shift. Like you said earlier, your gener, generation doesn't feel like there's a sense of community in former religion. And I think the religions that are going to still continue to be around will make a shift in. In not so much in doctrine, because I don't think the doctrine will ever change, but they'll shift in policy practices in how they do things. And until that happens, I don't think the, the percentages will go up anytime soon. So when I talk about, I look at different things that have happened throughout the world. I'm going to give you one example, two examples. One is Kodak. You know, the you know Kodak had the film industry for decades. And, you know, when you took pictures, you got your film developed, and that just took off for years, right? It was like a miracle invention. But then as time went by, the they even had the technology to provide digital images, but they didn't release it because they were they were fearful that it would um, take over their film business. So guess what? A Japanese company called Fuji back in the day figured out the technology. They explored it and took off with it. And guess what? Kodak went out of business. Another good example in your generation is blockbuster blockbuster videos. I mean, as we know, they're not in business because everything went from VHS tapes to CD to now streaming. And they even had the ability to switch, but they just stuck to their ways and didn't want to change. And they became non-existent. So... I do think that certain churches that are, you know, large, you know, that have been large for many years will have to make some shifts in in things as time goes by to basically build upon the new generation of community that's out there. What that looks like and how that's going to look, I have no idea. Um, obviously, the leaders of those organizations and institute, religious institutions will have to really dig down deep and figure things out. But um I think that's going to have to happen. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that's a possibility. Um, and it's interesting. I think that a lot of people who are practicing religion, even, you know, my friends who are still, you know, very much so going to church, um, you know, that are millennials align with that philosophy that, you know, things are changing and things will evolve. And I think that's great. Um, it's interesting what you said, though, about, you know, moving from light to dark one question I have when you mention that is, well, yeah, what do you define as light and what do you define as darkness? Because your perspective of, you know, being in an enlightened religious community, you know, adds light to your life. And as we don't have religion or as we don't, I think this is a honestly a, a mentality that I hear a lot of the older generation is they're, they're so worried about society, right? If we don't have religious upbringing and if we don't have this sort of structure with our families, um, and you know, this sort of routines and this sort of discipline, then all hell is going to break loose, right? Society is going to crumble and, you know, things are going to fall. But 
you know, on the opposite end of that, I would challenge you to believe like, well, what light is coming out of the evolution of millennials and Gen Z and how, how are we evolving as humanity and how, you know, while it can be scary and everyone talks about, oh, it's scary times and, you know, um, life is getting just so much more corrupt and people are getting more corrupt. And while I don't disagree with that, you know, is it true that, you know, religion is the answer to those problems or is it sort of maybe the principles and mentalities? I think that principles can be practiced, they're universal in and outside of religion, right? I think that, you know, it's easy to say love solves all problems, you know, but again, th- those principles of love and kindness, um, they translate in and outside of religion, right? I think in religion, you're tying it back to God and tying it back to the examples of Jesus with Christianity specifically or Allah or Buddha, whatever you believe. But outside of religion, you know, it's practicing those same principles just with a different framework. Um, and so, you know, whether you believe this or that, I think, again, light, though, and the way that we define that and the way that we're going about it is just different. And I think that there is still light to be had outside of religion. But it's hard to maybe see that if you are very much involved in religion, and you're kind of told the same narrative that religion is what's going to continue to keep society safe, healthy, structured, all those different things that I think a lot of the older generation is worried about. Um, I think that we've come such a long way. And the reason that there has been such an evolution in religion and that there will continue to be is because of the generation, our generation (laughs) that has fought for these things and has brought these sort of things to the forefront to really promote these religions to change. So in a sense, is it the fact that you know, religious people are bringing non-religious people light, or is it non-religious bringing religious people light? Whoa, listen to you getting all philosophical on me here and um, kind of trying to enlighten us with some good nuggets of wisdom here. I like that, Isaac. That was I'm just being facetious, but I think that was really good. Um, very powerful, very, very powerful. So I appreciate your your words on that because... You know, it is all about frame of reference, I think. So as you were speaking, the thought came to my mind, sometimes there has to be some sort of dissent from the standardization to basically continue to evolve. So I think maybe it is time for a new generation. Maybe that's why they call you guys a millennial generation, because we're getting closer to the millennium. And... As we get closer to the millennium, as we know, is the second coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ, there will be uh, a great change in spirituality. I don't know. What do you think? Millennials leading us into the millennium? Is that possible? Anything's possible, if you believe. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting perspective and one that I guess we're going to have to find out and wait and see. (laughs) Yeah, but this this is a great conversation, Isaac. I think... It's it's a touchy subject, you know, obviously for a lot of people. And uh, between the generations, Generation X and Generation and the Millennial Generation, you know, it's very interesting. I mean, the people, and I'm glad I'm on the perspective of the 50% of our generation that are actually belonging to our church. I'm sure 
this conversation would look entirely quite a bit different for someone that was not part of her. You know, they probably, you know, I mean, you guys probably wouldn't really have a conversation because everything would be agreed upon. (laughs) So, you know, as a father, I would hope that not only for my kids, but for anybody else in the community or that are listening to our, in our podcast community, that they are spiritually developing in a way that they are healthy and happy. And that's all we're asking for, you know. So if you are finding spirituality in a way that's giving you true happiness, not pleasure, but true happiness, and there's a big difference, and you are able to truly find joy in that journey, all kudos to you. I am I am happy for you. Isaac's happy for you. And that's one of the reasons why we do this podcast. We just want to share our our framework of perspective and our relationship because you know as you can tell between Isaac and I we we enjoy sharing these perspectives we enjoy um, enlightening each other and we hope that this will also enlighten you what do you think Isaac is this a wrap for this one I think so I don't think I could have said it better myself so Yeah, I encourage you to have these conversations. I think one thing that you'll find with my dad and I is the openness that we have with each other and the fact that we are willing to listen to each other's perspectives. I think that that's so crucial in these touchy topics. Me and my dad and I have had hours and hours of conversations when it revolves around this topic. You guys have only heard 30 minutes, but we have had a lot of conversations surrounding spirituality and religion. And obviously we fall on different sides, but we love meeting each other here in the middle and just really opening our minds to each other's perspectives. And I think that that's why both of us meet in the middle because, you know, I'm not somebody that's anti-religion and he's not somebody that's anti-non-religion, right? I think that we both kind of sit on the various sides of this topic, but it's so important to have these conversations, like my dad said, to really be able to understand each other um, and, and bridge this gap. And I'm glad that we had this conversation. I think that this is something really good to share with your loved ones. You know, I'm curious where you guys fall um, in the line. Uh, I would love to hear your comments and your feedback on this podcast of, yeah, you know, are, do you feel like religion is is crucial and important? Or do you feel like you know, more of what I've shared with spirituality outside of religion is also just as good. Um, Please share your feedback with us. Don't forget to leave us a review and um, share this with your friends and family that you feel will benefit. And we'll see you on the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share. We appreciate your feedback and would love to know what topics you want us to discuss in the future. Our goal is to inspire and enable you to have healthy conversations with your loved ones, all while keeping it real.